Amen. Sure is a blessing just to see uh, our kids and youth using their talents to serve God. And I would challenge you kids to never stop serving God. Use your talents uh, to serve the Lord. Um, if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Genesis, chapter number 22. Genesis, chapter number 22. Message tonight is entitled, Obedience and Faith Through God's Testing. Genesis chapter number 22, start our reading in verse number 1. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here am I. And he said, Take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into a land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Let's open up with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time that we can come to your house and we can have a time of worship and we can ha have a time of singing praises to you, Lord. Father, I pray now that as we look to your word, that you would fill me with your spirit, that you would give me the words to speak. 
that I wouldn't teach and preach the things that I would want, Lord, but I would speak what you would have me to, uh, to teach, Lord. And I pray that you would just open our eyes and our understanding to your word, that we would be challenged and encouraged this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. When we look at Genesis chapter number 22, we really see God testing Abraham. We see God bringing Abraham through a test. A test that if I was in his shoes, I don't know if I would succeed. We see this as being one of the ultimate tests. It was truly a supreme test. In verse number one, it says, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. Now, it's interesting when we see this word tempt in the Bible, there's really kind of uh, some varied meanings to it. One could either be temptation to sin, and the other one would be going through a test, or being tested, being tried. Looking at the Hebrew word, uh, some words that we could say is to prove, to test. And if we look at James chapter 1.13, it says, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither he tempteth any man. And so when we come to Genesis chapter 22, we don't see God coming uh, to Abraham, tempting him with sin, but he's bringing him through a test. He is going to test Abraham's faith to see if Abraham will truly obey the words of God. Of the Lord. And so in verse number one and verse number two, we see God coming to him and saying, I want you to take your, your son, your only son, and I want you to take him to a place where I will show you. And I want you to offer him as a sacrifice. I think this would be a hard thing for any parent to do, to, to take their, their child that they love. This is a type of love that, uh, that I can't understand at this time with not having any kids. I think about my dogs, right? You know, oh man, oh man, if I had to sacrifice one of my dogs, you know, that would be hard. But just to think, uh, your own child, you're having to bring him and offer him as a burnt sacrifice. But not only that, he was the promised son. He was uh, the son that would carry uh, on the Abrahamic covenant. And I'd like to just start off by a way of introduction by really taking a quick survey on how we see the Abrahamic covenant uh, develop through the book of Genesis. Now, I have to make sure this is going to be a brief survey because I could probably spend several hours. And uh, I actually had to write a paper on the Abrahamic covenant, so I have plenty of details. So we would definitely be here till midnight. Uh, but it's, it's got to be a quick survey. But let's turn back to Genesis chapter number 12. And in Genesis chapter number 12, we really see the introduction to the Abrahamic covenant. Genesis chapter number 12, start our reading in verse number 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and I will make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing." And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Here in these verses, we see uh, three important uh, truths to the Abrahamic covenant. We see uh, the seed, we see the blessing, 
and we see the land. And we're not really given a lot of details at, at this point in time on what all these, these aspects of the Abrahamic covenant means. But we do know in verse number 2, and this is going to be the focus on the seed and, and God making Abraham and his family uh, a great nation. In verse, in verse 2 it says, And I will make of thee a great nation. Turn over a few pages to Genesis chapter number 15. God is coming once again. And he's developing uh, the, this Abrahamic covenant with him a little bit more. And there's more of a focus on the seed. Genesis chapter number 15, we'll start our, our reading in verse number 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless? And the steward of the house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold to me, thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thy own bowel shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now towards heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall thy seed be. We see God coming to Abraham, and Abraham asks God a question. And he's saying, who is going to be the heir? I have no children. I have no kids. Is, is, my, is my servant going to be my heir? Who is going to be the heir? Who is going to be this person that you have promised? Who is going to be this person to carry on the Abrahamic covenant? I, I don't see this as being a lapse of faith with Abraham. Some may say that. But I, I view him truly just asking God, why, like, where, where is this seed that you've spoken of? My wife is barren. We can't have children. I don't have a child. And God shows him the stars of the heaven and tells him, so shall thy seed be. We can't, we can't count the stars. We can't number the stars. And, and every day scientists are finding more stars. And, and, and we can't count them. And God is telling him, so shall your seed be. You will, there will be so many, you will not be able uh, to number them. Obviously, if we keep on reading, and we read into Genesis chapter number 16, we read where there is a lapse of faith. And rather than trusting in God uh, to to uh, provide this seed through Abraham and Sarah. Uh, obviously, Abraham, Sarah brings uh, her handmaiden, Hagar, and, and obviously he has a kid with her, and, and this kid is named Ishmael. And really for 13 years, we see that Abraham believes that Ishmael is the promised son. But I want us to look, uh, and this will be our last passage just through our survey of the covenant, Genesis chapter number 17. God is coming to Abraham again and is telling him, he changes his name from Abram to Abraham and telling him that he's going to be a father of many nations. And we'll look at verse number uh, 15. It says, And God said unto Abraham, As for Sarai thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall her name be. And I will bless her, and I will give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her. And she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah that is ninety years old bear? 
And Abraham said unto God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. And God said, Sarah, thy wife, shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him from an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. God is coming to Abraham and he is sharing that Sarah is going to have a child. She is going to have a child and you are to name him Isaac. And Isaac will be the seed who the Abrahamic covenant will continue uh, going along. And Abraham even is like, well, what about Isaac? He's even suggesting, well, Isaac, is, Isaac can be the promised son, O oh Lord. God says no. Or I'm sorry, Ishmael. Ishmael can be, it helps if I get the name right. Ishmael can be the promised son, Lord. God says no. My, my everlasting covenant is not with Ishmael. It's with Isaac. Look at verse number 20. And as for Ishmael, I heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he begat, and I will make of him a great nation. And God is even coming and telling Ishmael, or telling Abraham that I will bless Ishmael. But look at verse number 21. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac. We come to Genesis chapter number 22. Not only is God asking Abraham to sacrifice his son, but he's asking, he's asking Abraham to sacrifice the son of the covenant. You know, if you think about it, it's, it's roughly 25, a little, probably a little over 25 years from Genesis chapter number 12 to the birth of Isaac. 25 years. Here's Abraham hearing about this covenant. God comes to him time and time again saying, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to multiply your seed upon the face of the earth. And for 25 years, he hears this. And then Isaac is born and they throw a great feast. And the excitement that there would have been, here is Isaac, the promised son. And now God is coming to him and saying, I want you to bring him for a sacrifice unto me. I think if we look at this command, I think in our own human minds, if we really consider this command, in our own human minds, we could, we could view this as almost being unreasonable. And if, if we were in Abraham's shoes, we could really have this thought of, but why? Why? Isn't he the promised son? Isn't he who you said I, I, will be my seed and will make a great nation? And, it, and it'll be like the stars of heaven? Warren Wearsby once stated, Isaac was Abraham's only son, and the future of the covenant rested in him. Isaac was a miracle child, the gift of God to Abraham and Sarah in response to their faith. Abraham and Sarah loved Isaac very much, and he had built their whole future around him. When God asked Abraham to offer his son, he was testing Abraham's faith, hope, and love. And it looked like God was wiping out everything Abraham and Sarah had lived for. 
Some people say that Isaac at this time was a young teenager. And so when we look, it's probably anywhere between 30 and 40 years from Genesis chapter 12 to Genesis chapter number 22. 30 to 40 years of hearing Isaac is the promised child. And getting these promises from God time and time again, I'm going to make of you a great nation. And I think in our own minds, we would say, well, why, Lord? He's the promised son. You're going against your promises this, this doesn't make any sense. But really what I'd like to start off by seeing is Abraham's immediate and complete obedience. So again, in verses number one and two, God comes to, I, uh, to Abraham and gives him the command. And verse number three, and Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young, myth, young men with him, and Isaac, his son. We see Abraham showing us immediate obedience. He rose up early in the morning. I think if I was in Abraham's shoes, I might have been sitting there like, maybe I'll sleep in. Maybe I'll wait till 12. Maybe I'll wait till lunchtime. Maybe I'll eat lunch. And maybe I'll see, maybe God will change his mind. Or maybe, hey, maybe let, let me just wait a week. You know, God's telling me to sacrifice my son. You know, let me at least have a week to spend with my son before I have to sacrifice him. But Abraham obeys immediately. He rose up early in the morning. We don't see him delaying. We don't see him taking his time. We don't see him questioning God, asking why. We see immediate obedience. As we also go through this passage, we're also going to see the aspect of complete obedience. Uh, look at the, the rest of verse number three. Okay? Uh, and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto, him, unto the place of which God had told him. Not only did he take Isaac, but he also took the wood. He took the wood on this three-day journey. You know, I, I think, again, if I was in Abraham's shoes, I, you know, let's just say, oh, I woke up early in the morning, and I left, and I was going to the place, three days' journey, and we get there, and it's like, oh, I forgot the wood. I forgot my knife. I forgot the rope. I, you know, I can't, I guess I don't have the tools to do the commandment of the Lord. But Abraham was prepared. He took all of the things that he needed. When we really look at Abraham's response, I think it's kind of staggering in a way. He gave instant, unquestioning obedience. I think us in our own lives, we should strive to examine Abraham's example in this passage to strive to obey God, even when it doesn't make sense to us. You know, I think of verses like Luke uh, 11, 28, which says, But he said, Yea, rather blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. John 14, 21 says, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him, 
and will manifest myself to him. All through God's word, we can see verses where God is telling us, obey my commandments. Obey my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you keep my commandments, I will bless you. And far too often, when, when God gives a commandment, or there's a commandment where we don't like, or there's a, there's a God tells us to do something, and we, we ask why, and we question, and we delay, and we drag our feet, rather than obeying immediately. Another point I'd like us to look at is Abraham displayed his faith in God through his obedience. Really, we could have put faith before obedience, his faith caused his obedience, or we could say his obedience showed his faith. We could do it in either order, but I'd now like to look at Abraham's faith. Abraham was a man of faith. He heard God's word and immediately obeyed it by faith. His faith in God was the driving force in his obedience unto God. You know, we don't, we're not given a lot of details on you know, what was going through Abraham's mind. You know, you think about it, it, this this passage, this story, it's 14 verses. We can read it in like five minutes. If you're a fast reader, you could probably read it in two. But you think about it, it was a three-day journey. And what Abraham would have been thinking as he's going through this. We're not given a lot on maybe conversations that Abraham had. Or maybe that thoughts that he had. I would assume that he would have some turmoil in his heart thinking, like, what is going to happen? But we are given a little bit. And there's three main things that I would like us to look at when we, when we see Abraham's faith as he went through this. I think the first thing is Abraham's response to his servants. Look at, uh, we should still be in Genesis chapter 22, look at verse number 5. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with uh, the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Obviously, they get to the place that God had shown them. And Abraham took Isaac, and he told the two young men, his two servants that he took with him, stay here. We will return. He said, I take the lad, and I will return to you. He didn't say, I'm going to take Isaac, and I will return. He says, and I, I want to read it again so I get it right. Verse number five, abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Abraham, he, he may not have known how this was going to happen, but he had faith in God where he knew that he would be coming back with Isaac. I think another uh, way that we see Abraham's faith is his response to Isaac. Look at verse number 10. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Behold, uh, here, here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Isaac was a smart kid. He had grown up with his dad. And got to see and probably witness and even probably partake in, in giving sacrifices unto God. 
So he sees the wood, and he sees the fire, and he says, wait a second, where's, where's the lamb? Uh, aren't we supposed to have a lamb? Uh, are we just going to burn a fire? Anytime back home, you know, when we gave sacrifices unto God, we always had some type of animal. We had a lamb. Well, let's look at Abraham's response in verse number eight. And Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a land for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. Again, Abraham did not know how God was going to provide this burnt offering. But he told his son, God will provide a lamb. He had faith in God, that God would provide for their needs, that God would take care of them, that God would provide a lamb. And then the other point that I would like us to look at is really we see uh, Abraham showing his faith through his thoughts. Uh, look at, turn to Hebrews chapter number 11. Hebrews chapter number 11. We're kind of going to get to see a little bit of what Abraham was thinking as he was going through this. And he was going through this testing. In Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number 17 says, By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promise offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thou seed be called accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. And I'd like to quote that last phrase there, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he, he received him in a figure. Abraham did not know how God was going to provide uh, uh, this burnt sacrifice. But he was going to go through it all the way to the end. Because he believed that God would even raise Isaac from the dead if that was his plan. If God really wanted him to go all the way through this, this trial and this test. And Abraham, by faith, he, 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 when he was tested and tried, offered up Isaac. And he believed that if I really go through this, some way or another... I don't know how, but God will raise him from the dead. Why? Why did, he, why did he think that? Why do you think that? Because he believed in God. He had faith in God. God gave him a promise. God said, Isaac, through Isaac, I will continue my everlasting covenant. And Abraham had faith in God. Faith does not demand explanation. Faith rests on God's promises. We need to trust in God rather than our own understanding. When I, when I was studying for this passage and going through this passage, there is one key verse or verses that came to mind. That's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which states, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Psalms 37.5, commit thy ways unto the Lord, 
Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Isaiah 26, 4. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. I think oftentimes when God comes and gives us commands and God impresses on our hearts to do things, one of our first reactions when it's something we don't want to do is we question God. We say, why? That doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand that. I, I, I don't see how God can work this for good. But what are we doing when we're asking those questions? We're leaning unto our own understanding instead of trusting in the words of God. When God reveals his will for our lives, do we obey immediately or do we question? Do we drag our feet? Do we maybe not take everything we're supposed to be taking? We need to have faith and trust in God and and through our faith, we can show God's, or we can show obedience unto God. The next point I'd like to look at is with Abraham's faith and obedience, God provides. Go back to Genesis chapter number 22. Genesis chapter number 22. And we're going to see the angel of the Lord calling uh, uh, unto Abraham to prevent him uh, from killing his son. Genesis chapter number 22, and we'll start a reading in verse number 9. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there, and laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand, and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of the heaven, and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. Abraham's obedience showed his reverence towards God to where he was willing to give up what he loved most to show his obedience to God. And I think it's very important that God provided after Abraham obeyed. The angel, he was getting ready and he had the knife and he was getting ready to sacrifice Isaac. And when God, the angel of the Lord called out and stopped him. And then he looked up. And he saw the ram caught in the thicket. And Abraham called the place Jehovah-Jireh, which means the Lord will see to it, or the Lord will provide. We serve a God who provides for our needs, provides for anything that we need in life. God is there for us. He is there to provide. 
I'd like us to, you know, going back again, oftentimes we often say why. We question. We delay. But God has a plan. God has a perfect plan. And he will never make a mistake. Psalms 1830 says, as for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in him. And we know that all things work together for good. Or I'm sorry, uh, also Romans chapter 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. We need to trust in God. We need to trust in God to provide for our needs. When God gives us commands, they may not make sense to us. But by faith, we need to trust in God. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When we hear God's word, when we study God's word, when we're meditating in God's word, we will learn and understand his promises and it will grow our faith. And through our faith, we will be able to trust in him. Boiling it down as far as application goes, I'd like to provide just a couple quick points that I think we can pull from this passage of scripture. Number one, God will bless and provide when we find ourselves in God's will. Again, God will bless and provide when we find ourselves in God's will. Abraham obeyed God. Had he stayed and not obeyed, he wouldn't have been where God had provided the ram. God provided the ram three days journey away. He had to go three days journey for God to provide a ram. And oftentimes, God will bless us when we are in his will. He will provide for us when we are in his will. Deuteronomy chapter number 11, verse number 27. A blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day, and a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God. But turn aside out of the way which I have commanded you this day to go after other gods which ye have known. And if, you, if we look through all of scripture... When God's people obey, he blesses them. He provides for their needs. But when we follow away, when we do what we want to do, when we go our own separate way from the will of God, God will bring chastisement to our life. God will bring, at sometimes he might bring judgment into our life to bring us back to the will of God. I'd like to share just an illustration uh, from my family. This was even back before I was born. My parents were living in the great state of South Carolina. All right, the great state, right? And my dad had pastored a church there for several years. But then he, he had kind of stepped down because he wanted to go for more schooling uh, to better prepare himself for the ministry. And while he was going to school there, uh, someone approached him with a job opportunity to be an insurance salesman. He said, hey, you come, you join me, I'll teach you the ropes, 
I'll show you how, how to do it. And when I retire, he owned the, this guy owned the insurance company. And he said, when I retire, I will hand the business over to you. And it'll be your business. You know, you think about it, that would be great. You know, insurance salesman, you know, especially, man, you own in the company or in, in, in heading up the company. You say, that would be great money. I would be able to provide for my family. I would be able to provide for my needs. I would be able, like, financially, I would be blessed. But there was one condition. He told my dad, if I spend all this money training you, if I spend all this money bringing you in and training you up and spending all this money investing in you five years down the road, and you want to go back in the ministry, you can't do it. You have to stay with me. If I'm going to invest in, in training you and developing you, you have to stick with me. You can't leave five years down the road. That was the deal breaker. And it wasn't just a deal breaker because, oh, you know, God had called my dad to preach. And my dad, I was talking to him about the story the other day, and, you know, my dad's like, when God calls you to preach, he calls you to preach for your life. And I couldn't make that decision first and foremost because God had called me to preach. And I surrendered to the call. But he said, more importantly, taking this job, I wouldn't always get to pick what city I lived in, which means I wasn't guaranteed that that town would have a good church, which means my kids, are they going to grow up in a good church? You know, you could say, oh, man, financially, we would, God would provide our needs financially. Man, we wouldn't have any financial issues. We'd be able to pay for all of our kids to go to these, you know, Clemson and, and you know, all these expensive, nice, great colleges that they have in South Carolina. Okay, but anyways, you know, but, you know, all these great colleges and how our needs would have been met. But when my dad thought about it, and really what it boiled down to is when we talk about spiritual blessing. And when I was talking to my dad about this, he told me, he's like, you know what? There, there have been times in my ministry when things were tough and things were hard where it's like, man, man, maybe I should have done that. But he goes back to, if I took that opportunity and I took that job, which was out of the will of God, He's like, would my kids love God like they do today? Would they serve God like they do today? Would I even be in church today? Would I even be married today? But he chose God's will over our, his own understanding on, on saying, wow, God would bless, I would be blessed financially. And all my needs would be provided for financially. I wouldn't have to worry about that. I'd be able to have a nice house, be able to have nice cars. And I'd be able to pay for my kids' school, schooling. But he said no. He chose God's will. And God has spiritually blessed his life. And if we want God's blessing and if we want God to provide our needs, it's important that we're in the will of God that we're obeying his commands. 
we're obeying his words. Another point I want us to look at it, God will bless and provide when we need it. Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. We approach God's throne. He is there to help us. He is there to provide in our time of need. And it may not always be in our timing. But when God provides for us, it will be in our time of need. And it will be the, the exact point where God says, you need this, uh, this blessing. You need this provision. Because God wants us to trust in him. You know, if you look about Abraham, he, he got all the way to the point where basically the knife was back to kill his son. And that's when God said, stop right there. Um, and he saw the ram in the thicket. And then the last thing, God will bless and provide to bring glory to his name. You know, when we think about the Lord's Prayer, uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse number 9 says, After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You know, our prayer should be that God, uh, before we even begin to pray, God, help me, help my needs, we should be praying that God's name would be glorified. And that God's name would be hallowed throughout all the earth. And in time of testing, in time of trials, and in time of need, it is easy for us to be focused on ourself and focused on what we need instead of uh, focusing on bringing glory to God, trusting in him, and allowing him to provide for us. Uh, let's close with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for giving us your word that we can trust in you. Pray that you would help us to use this example of Abraham to have faith, that our faith would show and bring forth obedience, that we would trust in you to meet our every need and to direct our path, no matter what our, our own understanding would say. Pray that you would just help us as we go forth uh, this evening that we would stay faithful to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor. Great. Uh, but just think of, think of the verse, and it says, and Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. And Do we really have the type of faith that when God asks us to do something that's hard, we will step out in obedience? to obey him, even though the questions that are rising in our minds, the objections, how hard it is, they're all coming around us and, and causing us to doubt, do we have the faith to obey God? Let's go ahead and stand. We'll have a time of invitation tonight. So, <clears throat> if the Lord's worked in your heart tonight, feel free to come forward and just talk to the Lord about it while we